heel spot invasion begin? In this corner, Brian Campbell returns with the Pro Wrestling Edition as we prepare that syringe with the one and only juice commonly referred to on the streets as performance enhancing audio. The Brian Campbell, yes, in fact, the voice that you hear just about ready to reveal the main priority for today's show. The main priority in the Yapapai Indian strap match is to have flexibility on the wrist that you're strapped to your opponent with, brother. Because in the Yapapai Indian strap match, when you're in the four corners of the battle zone, the main priority is, is to get the body in the proper position for the strapation dudes. Oh, yeah. How about a hashtag never forget on that one? No strapation without representation, brother. And speaking of offending multiple cultures, creeds, genders, and nations over the past week, we have another loaded show looking back at last Friday's WWE Greatest Royal Rumble card from Saudi Arabia and breaking down the week that was in pro wrestling just days out from a somewhat curious pay backlash pay-per-view card this Sunday in Newark, New Jersey. Like the great macho man Randy Savage once said, it's time to step up and be a man and address the tough topics and difficult issues surrounding this GRR. Be a man, Hogan. Be a man. What's up with that? Yeah, what is up with that? Luckily, I've got a tag team partner who is willing to address those hard topics with me. I mean, he may not be face-to-face per se, but at least he's here via the magic of Skype. Nothing face-to-face. Yeah. Nothing face to face. Nothing face to face. You got it? Yeah, yeah. So- yeah, we got it, Mach. Anyway, enough of the nonsense. Let me welcome in the only king in professional wrestling without a crown, the bad guy himself. Oh, yeah. Call him the Silver King, Adam Silverstein. Hey, now. I don't have the. Uh... I don't have anything smart to say on the opening here. Well, I Silver usually King, do, but uh, it's only apropos considering the bad PR from Jetta that I dig deep into the WWE Network archives here to pull something just as you know, just as bad. Please tell me that you remember the atrocity to professional wrestling that is the Yapapai Indian strap match between Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair from WCW Uncensored 2000. To remember it, I would have had to have seen it or heard of it. In the first place, and neither of those is true. Well, you you lucked out there because you missed this. And as I see the raw pink meat on your back, brother, (laughs) I'm going to take it to another level. I will transform from Hulk to Hollywood. I will double strap you with both fists, and you will scream to the heavens, Please, Hollywood, don't hurt me anymore, and I will never stop. Wow, I will never stop getting that image out of my head. Wow, talk about a wild and offensive. That's like... I mean, we what did we pay per view rewind that time? That that coalition to end Hulkamania match with the triple cage that was pretty bad. Yeah. Don't ever watch this match or the build to it. That was pretty awful. Anyway, Silver King, South Florida. How is it this week? You know, it's nice here. Uh, still getting used to being here after a week in New Orleans. I think it changes a man more than I you know wow. expected here. What, what uh, were you doing on your off hours there that it that it uh, that it took you to that level? Oh, I wish it was that great. I was covering the Masters, unfortunately, so I was working. But you know. That culture, that city, man, like I think about it, I've thought about it often since we've come back, and I'm ready to go back uh, to the Big Easy one more time. Wow, wow. Yeah, I mean, it was a great time. It was a great time for food. I don't know if we gave it enough. Oh, my God, we did it. High five for the... Uh, the well, we didn't, we didn't do it justice in terms of time we had to go explore. The one, one of the restaurants we really wanted to go to, there was what, like a two-hour wait, right? Yes. We had to go to some 
you know, shady place next door, which was fine. But, um, you know, I, we got, I got, I would say 33% of the new Orleans experience. Maybe Scott Steiner would question those numbers, but 33% for me. <laughs> A great reference there to the current TNA, sorry, impact wrestling tag team champion. Somehow they're Scott Steiner. Anyway, we had some laughs. Now we're going to get serious. And we always start off with the main event. This is the main event. So, BC, I think there's no other way. I mean, yes, we have backlash coming this week. We had a full week uh, of WWE TV along with a NXT episode last week I thought was very good. But I don't really know if there's a way we can start this show without going deep on the greatest Royal Rumble. Yeah, yeah, the greatest. The greatest one of all time. Look, this was a really weird event coming in it was weird and surreal watching it you know friday afternoon sun's out guns out uh sitting there on the network watching it and ultimately look i don't come in here to be a hater and people get on the silver king when he speaks the truth i think people get on you when you nip away at things that are very good in this case silver king i just didn't think this was very good altogether and i think there were a lot of reasons to give you some ill feelings i'm going to give you my biggest ill feeling takeaway then you can hit me with yours i just ultimately felt left let down by this card because of the identity it was trying to take on if this ended up being nothing but a but a gratuitous house show and some people said it already is the greatest house show of all time but if it went completely to that side of the fence I would almost respect it more, and I would say, look, this wasn't for us. This was for Saudi Arabia. You can disagree with the politics over there all you want, but this was that direction. We were just lucky enough to, I guess, like a voyeur, look in on it, right? If it would have been the opposite, embed kind of what it was billed to be as this WrestleMania-like Big Four pay-per-view, then maybe I would have a different reaction. But instead, it played down the middle. It was lukewarm water. It tried to please both masters, and I think ultimately it failed – And I just ended there with really a letdown feeling. It reminded me a lot of Raw 25. Let's let's compare those two events. WWE put a lot of promotion into this, a lot of you need to see this. Raw 25 was a letdown. I think even though this card had some pay-per-view-like finishes that I enjoyed, ultimately it was a grind, and the timing was bad, and it really felt like a letdown. And... I don't know what like the proper correlation is to really get you to feel what I feel, but imagine being invited to a really cool party at some like mansion and there's hot chicks everywhere and cool looking people around you. And then you find out that no one speaks English and the keg is non-alcoholic. And I don't like try to be cute there with a double entendre to Saudi Arabia being a dry country. I just mean like there was something that was a major ingredient that was lost in translation and missing. And it looked the part of this grand pay-per-view, but I think ultimately... It fell a bit, felt a bit hollow. It didn't feel like a major five pay-per-view. It looked like one. It certainly didn't feel like it. And it just gave me grimy feelings of how absurdly this was a money grab and nothing more. I'm going to yeah. give it a fail. What were your thoughts? No, it's a fail. And I agree, you know, obviously with many of your points. You know, you guys will listen to the show. And I'm talking serious here. You know, a lot of the negativity, pessimism that comes from me. It's not its not a put-on, because I, I do truly always believe everything I say, but I'll get a little bit extra, you know, on it. I'll put a little extra juice. I'll turn it up to a 12 or a 15, you know, such as I did, you know, after the brands, not the brands, but the superstar shakeup, when I was really worried what was going to be happening uh, following the Raw after WrestleMania the and so on. famous blue brand coronary. Everyone remembers that. Everyone. Yeah, but, but this, um, I'm not putting on here. You know, there's a lot of things WWE asks us to do in order to be wrestling fans, and... 
Chief among them is suspending our disbelief on a daily basis. But what we learned with the greatest Royal Rumble, and it's a lesson that we need to remember going forward with WWE, is there's nothing special about this particular organization. The way we romanticize the WWE and even Vince McMahon, it kind of has to stop because above all else, this proved to me that WWE, it's a corporation. It's just like anything else. And we knew this. Um, And like most corporations, I'm not going to say they don't have any morals, but the ones they do have are a little few and far between. And they usually only come when it's convenient, when there's a monetary benefit, or it's going to help them marketing PR wise. And, you know, I'm going to go on, I'm going to talk about this a little bit because forget that the greatest Royal Rumble was more than a glorified house show filled with a majority of matches that really didn't have any meaning in storyline or context. That was a disappointment. And particular, because like you said, BC, we went into it expecting that, right? That's what they told us. Right, because time out for one second. They did demand five full hours of our time and a few weeks to care about it when we're just days away from backlash. So this was a little bit more than just, hey, check this show out. Like, 50-man Royal Rumble took a long-ass time. That was a commitment. Keep going. It was, but that was like that's the chief. That's the thing that everyone talks about, right? But what really bothered me, what I couldn't stomach, was WWE airing Saudi Arabia propaganda, yeah. right, to millions of viewers and passing it off as it's just like a normal visit to the United Kingdom or something like that. WWE, you know, I'm not saying they were bought, but oil money, you know, made this happen, right? We know where that comes from. We know what Saudi Arabia is. Oh, they were and bought. Mu- they were bought, bro. Come on. They were. And, and as much as we thought there might be some mitigating factors here to make it easier to stomach, right? Like I said on the show leading into it, hey, maybe women will wrestle in two years, whatever. There were none. Zero. Zero point zero. And even if we go beyond all of that, right? There were the issues we already discussed. Women not being allowed on the show, whether they were paid or not, like men doesn't matter, even though they weren't there. This is a country that had to apologize, right, for having a woman on a commercial in the arena during the show. Scandalously clad women. Like, like, seriously, like it was Carmella and Sasha Banks in their wrestling outfit. It was. It wasn't wasn't what the women wore in the United Arab Arab Emirates, right? It was them in the equivalent of bikinis. Saudi Arabia, yeah. No, no, no. United UAE, they had a wrestling match with Oh, Sasha right, the full length. I'm Alexa. sorry. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, but, but, by the way, that's but that's another knock against WWE for kind of a tone-deaf commercial playing to a crowd that, for religious purposes and cultural purposes, is against that. So it's like... But even, but even going beyond that, BC, right? They had Sami Zayn, who, I don't know if he's of Syrian... I know he's from Canada. I don't know if he's of Syrian descent, but he supports Syria. There's a conflict going yeah, on there. WWE somehow put an Iranian angle, right? Right in the middle of the show that made total sense to me as a wrestling fan. I knew what Vince was doing. It's the same thing you do in American angle in Canada or so on and so forth. But these guys got death threats coming out of it, right? You had Finn Balor who didn't wear his rainbow gear and he said it was a laundry issue on Twitter, but okay. And suddenly the laundry had it ready for Monday night on raw, right? So (laughs) even, and then if you go beyond that, even putting Titus O'Neil's slide, the entire show was a botch. There were botches in nearly every single match. Oh, Jeff it wasn't Hardy. cohesive. Jeff Hardy in, in uh, what's his gender. name? Gender. Gender. Wow. Wow. Bobby Lashley nearly killed someone. Yes. Like, Big okay, so, so they did all of that. Then they jam-packed this just unnecessarily into a month that had WrestleMania, the shows after WrestleMania, the Superstar Shake-Up, and Backlash in a four-week period, and they added the greatest Royal Rumble into it and told us to care about. Look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish my rant on this, BC, okay? The greatest Royal Rumble, it was a beautiful spectacle, right? It was, but the problem is it was one that was mostly a facade, right? WWE 
I would hope, should feel some level of shame for what they put on the air Friday and what it's agreed to do over the next decade in Saudi Arabia. But I've seen zero proof of that, and I've only seen them go deeper and deeper into it. So what is really the end result of all this for me, right? But you say, I'm not going to boycott the product. You aren't either. We're not going to change the way we watch the show on a week-in and week-out basis. But to me, as someone who is progressive, and I, I consider myself liberal, I'm not trying to get political here, but WWE's kind of lost a little credibility to that end in my eyes. Things like the women's revolution, Finn Balor's on-screen message of inclusion, all the charitable works. It's all a means to a marketing, monetary, public relations end for me. Wow. I was not blind to that. I was never blind to that in the first place. But like with WWE storylines, I was willing to suspend my disbelief. And I'm not any longer. If this whole thing doesn't bother Katie Vick, then really, who are we to judge? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, no, 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 no trips. No, we're not going to get out of this with a joke. I agree with you. I agree with you completely on what you're saying. Not that it not that it steals any sort of, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, illusion in our eyes, uh, innocence of what WWE really is, or really what their past is in terms of, you know, edgy creative content. That's why we're into Absolutely. them, right? That's why we love them. And so it's just, it's tough. I mean, look, that whole segment with, the Davari brothers in, in Iraq versus Saudi angle, which which kind of crossed into like some religious angles, unfortunately. Iran, yeah, yeah. Iran. Iran. I'm sorry. Um, that's that's bad. When this was supposed to be a showcase of how far we've of how far Saudi Arabia has come and how far WWE in the U.S. has come, that that this event could take place on their on their land. So it's just ill timed, and it goes but, back to. But- some of the tone deaf things of what they do, right? We just had the moolah thing, you know, like we, we don't have women on this card when we're in the middle of an evolution. Look, there's, there's a lot of tone deaf things still going on at the very top. And, and it's, it's really frustrating. And this exposed, it it just, it just got to the point where even if I said, okay, I'll put that aside, I'll put this aside. Okay. I can handle that. I can stomach it. It just got so much. And honestly, it, they lost me with that promo, the propaganda piece in the middle yeah, of the show. Yeah, that was bad. That was really they just, bad. They completely lost me on it. And so this is where I get back to the point that it, it should have been either not televised at all or a complete house show. And it nearly was a complete house show. I'm not, you know, look, I mean, anybody that watched the first couple of matches saw there was more people in the in the expensive seats standing up with their back to the action. It's like then watching this was a complete uh, handshake house show but that handshake was filled with a lot of cash and, and by the way but but by the way for all of it like i didn't hate it in terms of what i saw what i was presented as the product what i hated was that there were no title changes right when and maybe it was my expectation that we would well, see two or three but i hated that they didn't treat it as real they treated it fully as a house show but that doesn't mean that i didn't not like bc love the ladder match. Well, I don't even want you to come and paint the, the silver lining no, here on this. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not giving a silver lining. Because what I'm saying is it was so bad that the that it completely it took away from usurped yeah. the things I loved. I exactly. love that. I love the Lesnar Reigns thing. I thought that was expertly well, done. The, so that, the that, styles thing. That's ultimately my point about the, the, the sort of clunky comparison that you're at this great party. And then it's not a alcoholic beer coming out of a keg because it's sort of like it looked the part. And certain certain elements of it felt the part of something special. I mean, I'm not going to lie. There were moments of that 50 men greatest Royal Rumble where it was really exciting for how fatigued I was in that moment. But yeah, it, it just it the the negative sins covered all of that. It was a little bit too much of a tease for even in the good moments. You're like. I mean, you're almost like, man, why are we doing this so close to Mania? There's another pay-per-view next week. None of these storylines seem to really matter, yet you're presenting them for this week at least like they do or should matter. And then 
it got comical, right, with the whole idea, the, the reports that came out that they brought in Hiroki Sumi, this unknown sumo wrestler, to sort of fill the role of Yokozuna, who's passed away, but the Saudi government didn't know that when they made their request. I mean, to be really a heads up with you, my kids came home from school right in the middle at the start of the greatest Royal Rumble match. And to me, I'm thinking, oh, perfect timing. They're never awake this late for a real pay-per-view. I'm like, kids, come down. Come see this 50-man Royal Rumble I've been telling you about. I'm fired up like I'm working, but my kids are going to be next to me. We're going to experience this together. They walk in just as Hiroki Sumi comes in. <laughs> and they go, what the heck is this? And I had no response. I'm like, I don't know. I'm Googling. The guy's name doesn't even come up in Google. And it, that, and guess what happened after that? And I'm not being over the top. They turned around and walked away, and they left. And I called them a couple minutes later. They're like, yeah, it's okay. We don't need to watch it, Dad. Tell us who won. And it was like, yeah, for me, that sort of summed up the overall moment. And, look, you Wait. made a good point. We can't crap on everything because there's matches we want to talk about. There's matches we liked. But overall... It was a little bit of a backhanded slap to the to the serious fans. You know, not even the ones that are only standing on the on the mountain of morality. It was overall a little bit of a backhand slap to the to the serious fans. And I don't want to hear anybody say, this show wasn't for you. No. They made us think this show was for us on Raw and SmackDown. So it's their fault, just like when I fell hard for Raw 25 and yep. ne- nearly was going to make the trip to the to the ballroom there and, you know, watch it in person. And it's like that was another one where you got me. You got me. And, and, and they got us here. And that's why, you know, to our hardest of hardcore fans, I didn't even want to do an analysis pod. I'm like, I don't even want to talk about this show anymore. It just kind of just rubs me the wrong way. Yeah, I, I was pulling Brian's shirt tail to have this conversation Friday because – I wanted to get off my chest. I'm glad that we actually didn't in retrospect because I was able to take some notes and and put down what I really wanted to say and get it out here. But just to close on this, talking about it, because I gave you my piece. You guys know how I feel now, all right? Talking about it from a wrestling perspective, I would have much rather, even with the stuff I didn't like that I hated, not didn't like, hated, okay, that I already mentioned, I would have much rather them said, this is your new November pay-per-view and done a full pay-per-view with real matches that matter, with storylines and title changes, and just do it in Saudi Arabia. Because I I don't like necessarily that they're taking an event away from the United States or maybe even England or Canada, places that have huge big-time wrestling crowds and really deserve pay-per-views, international audiences, right? Even Japan. Who cares where they go? We just want good quality entertainment. I just want good quality entertainment, right? And if you tell me that pay-per-view... In the U.S., we get every show possible. Yeah, but if you want to give me a pay-per-view on a Sunday afternoon in November... And tell me this is the pay-per-view for the month. I'm okay with it. But don't give me this. Don't put it jam-pack it after the Superstar Shakeup and the debuts after WrestleMania. Three weeks after Mania and one week before another pay-per-view. This could not have been planned worse. It could not have been executed worse. Shame on them. All right. All right. We've got to get you off that ledge now. People are going to be rioting the streets now. Uh, uh, just to close on on what we did sort of like. I mean, there were some matches that certainly had great finishes. Like that ladder match was, was really good. The finish with... with Stalin springboarding in was innovative to run past Finn and steal the belt, something you really never saw before. I didn't hate the AJ uh, knock match until the ending. Then I certainly hated it. But, you know, ultimately, it's like even with the idea that we're fatigued potentially by seeing three major matches in like a three week span of these guys. Ultimately, I was okay with that. It's hard to really categorize the rumble because it was fun. But like, I'm not going to lie. That was a long event to try to keep your attention for that. I, I don't normally I certainly in the in the daytime don't normally sit down and watch that long of a of an event and then one match I mean that was that was a grind that the fatigue was real at that point and the match had some fun moments they played on a lot of historically great Royal Rumble moments and either you know spun it forward or or sort of recreated it I mean the quality there was good but 
it just started to feel a little bit gratuitous. So the best takeaway I actually have here, Adam, is to spin off into our next main event topic, which really focuses on, on backlash. But the segue here is that I really like the ending to the Roman Reigns-Brock Lesnar match at the Greatest Royal Rumble. I thought, like WrestleMania, there was a 99.99% chance that Reigns was going to win. We had no belief that they had a creative swerve in them. We had no confidence. Why would they keep it on Brock? If they were, they would have to give us a reason to care. They did. That felt like a pay-per-view finish with Brock taking a hellacious bump through the through the cage and onto the floor on his back. Of course, it comes down to whose feet touch first. It was Roman. D d does a back equal two feet, John Madden? I mean, I'm not, you know, like... You tried, to, you tried to tell me otherwise live during it. I, as, a, as a pure wrestling fan, I was upset that there was a loophole that Reigns' feet touched afterwards and he should have won. So I'm like, the guy was full back and butt in... in That's not the rule. This I, I the get NFL. it. One here, knee does not equal two feet. This is not the NFL. But here's the fun, the, the, the potential fun part about that that they squash now as we head into backlash just, you know, less than a week after the GRR. I came out of that show last Friday going, they got me again. The, the belt is still on Brock Lesnar, and I don't Title. care how many people are booing on Twitter if they are about fatigue for these two. That's a development that had potential, especially now we're going into Monday Night Raw in Montreal. You could have done a screw job 2.0 or 3.0 type deal. And Adam, this is our number two on the main event. This backlash show is confusing, it comes at a confusing time, and there's a lot of questionable feud choices because I enter in on Monday Night Raw, you got a tweet from referee Chad Patton, you got one reference from Roman Reigns, and then that's over with, and now we're going back into this Roman Reigns-Samoa Joe feud. What the heck's going on here? You had something. You, <laughs> you had this feud that nobody wants. You had a moment that had potential, whether Roman ended up getting screwed or Brock ended up getting screwed or whatever. And you're going to tell me that Roman Reigns, the character, the one that you constantly prop up that we're supposed to believe in, in kayfabe, is going to be okay to let out one sentence to start Raw and then go, okay, I'm done with that. Now let me get back to wrestling Samoa <laughs> Joe for no title. It's an insult to our intelligence. It's poor planning. Stop the madness. And then one night later, you have Samoa Joe basically start a new feud with AJ Styles for no reason out of the blue. They couldn't have waited one week for that. I mean, this makes... No sense. I will say, I would have preferred this Reigns-Lesnar match at WrestleMania as the main event, as the main event finish, rolling into whatever you want to do in the Greatest Royal Rumble. Maybe you have a disqualification finish there or something. But that match was great. Not good. Great. That finish was great. Not good. Great. And the fact that there's a controversy is fantastic for Roman Reigns and his character, whether you want him to be a face or a heel, right? They ruined Monday night a massive opportunity to turn him heel. Now, if they're never going to do it, that's one thing, right? Then it doesn't matter. But if they are going to do it, and if Vince McMahon has said, enough of this, I got to turn this guy heel, how they did not use that opportunity to have him be a complainer, to talk about the screw job in front of that crowd, try to play to the fans' emotions, have them still Such boo him, and then, and then turn on the fans. What are they doing with this guy? It just... It doesn't make any sense. And for his character, knowing what he's gone through in kayfabe, to say one word, one line, right, about getting quote-unquote screwed or the controversial finish, then have Samoa Joe jump on the Tron in a taped promo without any call and response back and forth between them as the only means of setting up the co-main event of a pay-per-view coming up. This is some of the worst WWE writing that yeah, we've it's seen. Just, it's just... It 
it's to use a, a Silver King term, it's convoluted. It's just annoying. We I was do, trying not to. Yeah, yeah, I, I understand on that, but. Kentucky Long, hey, Kentucky Long Rifle, we do have a bonus DM slide from LaShawn Cotton at the same name. And he says, hey, welcome. This is his first slide on this show. He says, after seeing the GRR, are we convinced that they'll drag Brock Roman through SummerSlam? Um, I'm not convinced of anything right now because there's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of uncertainty with when Brock is going to announce himself back in the USADA testing pool to begin his the rest of his six-month suspension to begin his comeback to the UFC. Maybe they're waiting on John Jones. Maybe they're waiting to see who wins Cormier, Stipe Miocic on July 7th. I'm not really sure. But Brock still has the belt at a time that we didn't think. So, Adam, Title. you have to look at this question and say... It, you do get the feeling that we may not see Brock again until the, you know, what's that pay-per-view before uh, SummerSlam? Hey, it's money better than Great Balls of Fire. Touche. Uh, you know, Great Balls of Fire, Money in the Bank. Pro- you know, probably we won't see him again until late June, July. So, yeah, I guess it does give you that feeling. But to press pause on it at a time, like you mentioned, when we could have gone somewhere is very frustrating. There's an elephant in the room on that question, though, Adam, and it's Braun Strowman. Because they've been propping and protecting him to the level where only a title run will, will, will matter. Like, they've given him enough parting gifts, enough, like, moral victories with the greatest Royal Rumble win, the, the WrestleMania moment. Now it's like, that guy needs a belt. So are we going to have a three-way between them? I mean, it could no, be, could be uh, correct I, classic, but it's basically last year's SummerSlam all over again. Yeah, I don't think they go back to that well. And I think Braun right now, who is for some reason, and we'll discuss this soon, teaming with Bobby Lashley. Okay, Um, I don't think he necessarily has to get involved. But no, I don't think it goes uh, to SummerSlam. You have to remember, we're in the beginnings of May and we have Money in the Bank, Extreme Rules and then SummerSlam. There's no Great Balls of Fire this year. Oh, big failure. I I know. I know. It was we we joked about it at first, but it ended up being a great name and a great pay-per-view. But (laughs) whatever. Um, So they're using they're making Money in the Bank one of the big five. They've gone from big four to big five, according to Dave Meltzer and some other people. Uh, so my expectation is you see Brock Reigns seven, whatever the hell it is now. Uh, there you see a title change. Um, Brock then that's in what is that? That's June seventeenth. Begins USADA testing. That pay per view is what end of December, right? Yes. Around New Year's, six months he's there. So it'd be out of SummerSlam under your uh, under your your scenario there. That is very interesting. All right, another item that sort of plays into the idea that this backlash card, which we will preview in detail, is a little bit confusing. Is Monday Night Raw ended with a hot fire match, an IC title match, as Seth Rollins defended against Finn Balor, in about as near perfect a TV match as you'll find. Yet. Crappy finish. <laughs> neither Crappy the, finish. Not, well, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I mean, it wasn't perfect. That's why it really wasn't an A plus match, but it was it was okay. The whole point is they're not facing each other on Sunday. It'll be the Miz and Seth Rollins, which by the way is, is great and deserving, and I love it. And the Miz can tie Chris Jericho for most IC title reigns with nine, which could be a, another direction they go. But the whole point is Rollins and Balor have been teasing for a while. They just do this great match. Now we're not even gonna see them. I mean, yes, there's potential that Balor ruins the finish. And you still go in that direction. But it's a little like, again, where are we going entering Sunday? Yeah, it's tough to explain. I will say, though, not to give WWE credit, but to be fair, it's no less confusing than it was last year. Okay, they had the same event. I forget if it was Payback or Backlash that came first last year. Um, Payback. But they had had the same event where Bray Wyatt had switched brands, yet he was still wrestling. 
uh, Randy Orton, I think, in another, another match. Jericho KO, and we didn't really need and it. Then, and, and we thought Jericho was gone, but then he won and changed brands with the title. So, like, it's just as confusing as it was last year. I think what it come, boils down to is what I kind of mentioned earlier. There is no need, as much as we like it, to have the superstar shakeup until after this pay-per-view. You have to choose one or two directions. I'll just drop the pay-per-view. I think that's your other direction. Just, just don't No, don't no, do no, because it. it's a month. No, because if we didn't have the greatest Royal Rumble, it's one month after WrestleMania, and it's totally fine I, to I'm have I'm just it. saying, I don't need a rematch pay-per-view. You want to do well, you know, rematches those... in the next few weeks on Raw and SmackDown to jazz them up, whatever. I don't need a rematch pay-per-view off Mania. Well, those are the two choices. Either you have the extra month to end a couple feuds, tie up loose ends, whatever, and then you do the superstar shakeup next Monday, okay, this upcoming Monday, or you have the superstar shakeup, you know, two weeks after WrestleMania, and you just end feuds, and you move forward, and maybe you make it five weeks after WrestleMania, so you have a little bit more time to build the card. You have to choose one of those two directions, because what they're doing right now doesn't work. It doesn't make sense. Like, yes, one of the reasons I predicted title changes at the Greatest Royal Rumble is because I figured, well, they can switch them back at Backlash, or they can make it right if the mid-card titles switch, but there's no reason to think Miz is going to win this title. And we'll talk about that match later in the card. There's no reason to think that. All right, don't I mean, give away the goods. Don't give away the goods. Yeah, okay. Uh, you you make point, a good point. Ultimately, you understand my point. Vince doesn't care what you think. Just so you'll know, I don't succumb to public pressure. I could care less what the public wants because, quite frankly, I know what they want better than they do. It's all about what I want. Great sound there, by the we way. We know, but, Vince. But we that, know. that is true. Uh, by the way, I like this, uh, this, this, this sobered version of the Silver King who's got a complaint, but then he's got a way to fix it on the back end. You know, I don't know if you're trying out for a booking position, but it's working. Right I mean, now. this is the version of me that's always existed. But uh, I, mean, I, I, I started the, off. I started off on a serious note today, so it kind of took some fire out of the cells. You the, know? the people, the, the people don't want uh, a great plate of food to be picked out to have hairs added in by the Silver King. So. We like it when it, they, they don't, don't want you to pick I, off what's me, great. Excuse me, excuse me. I don't add the hairs. I find the hairs. You guys may not check your food. I do. Oh, oh, wow. There's a great there's a great sound drop. All right. To close on this backlash, uh, women get sh- shut out of the greatest Royal Rumble. But as of right now, we only have two women's matches at backlash, two singles matches for the championships. And of note, you know, at this point on Wednesday, Sasha Banks, Asuka, not even on this card. Uh, we can say what we want socially, meaning – Women get shut out of the GRR. They may have had an extra padded paycheck, as the rumor mill goes, but it's not even like they're coming back with, like, female main event necessarily or loaded female card. It's just, like, this backlash show a little bit questionable at, as things stand right now. Could we see an all-female tag team kickoff show match? Of course, but I don't know. I don't really know what to feel about this card as we enter in. There's some matches I like, but I think the GRR has changed the... Like, I'm disoriented as a fan. There's a, your body, look, when you're a WWE fan, I mean, there's, it's consistent, right? There, your body gets on a clock. You know, like, okay, I got a couple weeks off before the next pay-per-view. I'm going to, you know, I can casually watch Raw and SmackDown. They're, 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 they've thrown us off a bit here. So it's it's hard to know. What are you feeling about where the women are at right now? Well, well, this is something that you know me I would normally jump on because I, you know, I'm, I'm fully bought into the women's revolution and evolution. But I teased on Twitter before the show. I got a lot of responses that I would tell you the one reason why WWE TV, despite being awful, okay, the la- this entire week, the, the, the silver lining, right, of it. And here's the silver lining. The women's division, the last two weeks on Raw and SmackDown, has been booked expertly. Not good. Great. Okay? I love every single thing they're doing with the women on both shows. They've been given primary positions in the main event, 
They've been given the opportunity to develop not one, not two, in many cases, three storylines on one show. And they're showcasing the different talent on both brands. They gave Absolution a backstage segment. They explained that. They have the Ronda Rousey thing with Natalia going on with Mickey James, even though that may not be on the card. Maybe there will be some type of kickoff show match, obviously not with Rousey, but advancing that feud. They have the bank stuff going on. They they gave that contract signing between Carmella and Charlotte, really good placement two weeks ago, and they had it right in the main event, that match, which I thought was a great match this week. The 10-women the tag match, which I hated last week on Raw, the, the concept of it, it was a great match with a great finish. What, so the SmackDown main event? Wasn't this week uh, with six, Charlotte six and Carmella? Women, six women tag team match, yes. Yeah. Right, right, right. Okay, and then last week they did the 10-women match on Raw as the main event, right? So, so that that's not to say that those types of matches wet my whistle. I hate them. I think it's stupid. It's poor booking. It's lazy booking. But they have given time and effort to booking women's storylines the last two weeks on these two shows. And because of that, I don't mind that there's only two women's matches on this card. There's no tag team matches on this card in terms of the titles anyway. So this is a card that they're still figuring out exactly how they're going to build these cross-band pay-per-views. This one's particularly difficult because it's five weeks after Mania, one week after the Greatest Royal Rumble. So I'm okay with it. That actually kind of leads me into the third part of our main event. You decided to stand on a soapbox last week and read a prepared statement that SmackDown is the A show in WWE after just a couple weeks following WrestleMania and like one week following the Superstar Shakeup. Well... After we just got a week of what I thought was D-plus booking from WWE, the plus being the women, and maybe they deserve a little bit more credit than that, can you still stand behind that statement? SmackDown Live is now the A-show. Yeah, D-plus week for creative, but look, SmackDown's still the A-show this week. I'm sorry, didn't love the opening segment. I didn't even really love the closing segment with the women for, for all the reasons you could guess about another multi-person match that didn't really solve the overall purpose of it. But yes, it's still the A show. It was the better show this week. Raw was very disappointing outside of a few big moments. Raw was ultimately mailed in across the board. And SmackDown had the topics that I really wanted to talk about most when I you know, put a rundown together to start getting the show here. Some of it is a rehash of last week, but I think SmackDown showed you that they're escalating. They're taking it to the next level. I don't know if it's just specifically that they have a group of characters that I care about a little bit more. When you're talking about Miz, a coming back Brian, a heel Nakamura, AJ Styles, the potential now of CN Almas and Sanity and some other really good things happening. Or if it's the idea that when SmackDown is at its best, it's so different from Raw. And Raw is booked the same way for a long time. It's meant, I mean, I think that's why we're seeing so many multi-person matches and it's making us mad. It's meant to grab and hold you for ratings. It's meant that if you're on the fence about sticking with the show and you flip through and you see Roman Reigns and four other guys, you know, in the same match, you're going to maybe stick with it to see what's going on. I get all of that. SmackDown is more of the wrestling show and they're trying harder in the development of these angles. And I think this week was no different. Um, I'm sticking okay. with it. It's even it wasn't a great week for content. This was still the best show. You know, I, I, this was this was the A show this week. So as we I, speak, I, and I, I have to interrupt a little. I think it's the I think it was the better show because both shows were bad and it was two hours. No, no, it, it had more to keep me with it. I, I laughed. I, I enjoyed myself. And look, a big part of it. Is what's going on right now with Big Cass, and I'm really happy about this development. We saw Daniel Bryan not medically cleared this week because of those absurd chops to the chest he got from Roddy Strong and the other injuries during the Greatest Royal Rumble match when Bryan, by the way, set a new 
Rumble record was in there like an hour and 17 minutes. And, and we can argue on a side topic, by the way, how including the greatest Royal Rumble in the history of Rumble records is absurd. We don't need, because, to, we don't need to argue. Because, the, yeah, it's just absurd. But in this case, Brian not medically cleared, and Big Cass was put in a spot where he could have failed. And I think he hit another home run. And look, he's not perfect. He's not where he could be or should be. But his limitations are playing into his success right now in ways that I don't think his detractors on Twitter are understanding. He's a heel. He's designed to irritate you. And what he's doing right now is he's swinging for the fences on everything he's doing. He's not always connecting, but you have that grace as a heel. You have that grace to almost screw up in the moment and still come across as like, eh, it doesn't matter. I think I'm better than you, and this is what I'm doing. I think Cass coming out there look great. Got his body in a little bit better shape. I like the new look. And, I like the new look and new music. Certainly has awful hair. He's always going to have awful hair. But they set him up. The one thing they did set him up to succeed in was get a despicable moment out of him. Daniel Bryan's not there, so they send out a, a small person oh, dressed up on. as Daniel Bryan. It's offensive, but it's meant to be offensive. And when Big Cass laid him out with the kick that you saw coming a mile away, he hit a home run. This was great. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, yeah. I mean, just jam out for a second to that. I'm going to tell you right now, I know our good friend Bob Backlund at TalkBox. If you follow him on Twitter, he'll just complain about Big Cass all day in very humorous ways. But, hey, our buddy Bob, I got to tell you and everybody else out there, this Big Cass thing is working. I'm fired up for this DB match on Sunday. Cass is not perfect, but he's a heel he's not supposed to be, and he's, he's, he's making some progress. He's moving product. So he was gone nine months, and th they didn't change his look. Um, I'm not someone who's going to comment on a guy who's, I mean, I'm going to, they did. He's someone, in suits. He's a, heel. I'm a I, they, oh, that was two weeks ago. He was in a suit. That was cool. Uh, I'm not going to go be someone who comments on a guy who, or I, I am, even though I shouldn't be, who looks like him, but we saw what Jinder did away from the ring. We saw what Drew McIntyre did away from the ring. This guy has gone nine months. Could have looked apart a lot better oh, than he come does. On. He looks in great the shape. The promo he cut and, and the, and the, the choices he made in that promo, Ryback cut that promo. Batista cut that promo. We've heard that same thing a million times. He did it worse than all of them. I like the music. I like that he's feuding with Brian. But if this was Hero or Zero, Cass is a massive zero. Oh, okay. It's not because he's, okay. so he's, he's a heel. It's not good. A, really, a massive zero? That That's yeah. where you that's where you irritate people. A massive zero. Massive. It's a massive zero. So you're yeah. giving him no credit for the fact that he's really getting a push. I mean, he's getting propped up because Vince loves big guys. He's not doing that. This. That's Vince. And right. That's whoever you're telling me he's, he's a massive zero means he's failing. You're telling me he's, he's failing. failing in this spot. You just told me you like the feud. You like the music. I like the concept. I like the concept. I like the booking idea. He's certainly not failing. I could understand that people are annoyed by him for certain reasons. because that, not... promo, that promo was the second worst promo of the week. All right. Then I got to call you out. He's... <laughs> okay, go ahead. He's gaining on the mic slowly and getting better, but still showing you holes. So is Ronda Rousey. And he's, you stand by Ronda Rousey. He's been gone. No, no, no. Excuse me. He's been gone nine months, and he's been doing this for years. Ronda Rousey's been doing it for. Oh, has Cass been doing it for years? He had a mouthpiece. He really hasn't been doing this for years. He had actually he promos one too. of the best mouthpieces in recent history. And by the way, people did not like last week that I played a lot of Enzo sound. I get it. All right. To some degree, you're right. I'm separating the person from the character to relive some good moments there. But he had a great mouthpiece speaking for him. You're willing to put the, the, the shine on Rousey and act like nothing's happened. You got to give Big Cass some credit here. What? Tell me something bad about Ronda Rousey. She's not good on the mic yet, and I get why, she, but she's not she, she hasn't done yet. it ever. She's never done it, man. 
This guy was in promo classes in NXT being taught by Dusty Rhodes. There's no comparison. Please. Uh, but a massive fail. I don't know. He's 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 winning. He's winning for me right now. Take an L. Take an L on this. Not, no, there's no, there's, no, there's no L to take here. Cass is doing things right now. People are caring about this feud. I like where it's going. I like that they set him up to be despicable. It worked. And speaking of despicability, Shinsuke Nakamura was back. I keep saying on the show that I never thought I'd love somebody getting punched in the crotch this much. I never think I'd get tired of this. I'm still not tired of this. This is still awesome. Snuck up from behind when AJ Styles was jawing with Samoa Joe. Landed another. They got to give this a name. I don't know if you're, what are you going to call this? The Dong Kong? You got to give this a name of some degree. The uppercut of the crotch. Peen Shasa. Peen, wow, Peen Shasa. That's, that's, that's not half bad. You know what it reminds me? Remember that move in a bar? This Back in my, uh, not my prime days, so my post-prime 2005 era, I'm saying, you know that move where if you're drinking a, a beer bottle and you go up to your buddy and you spike the bottom of yeah. your beer bottle on top of it and yep, you make it yep. cut, you make it explode all over him? What's that called? I always called that the, uh, the, the Dong Kong. What do you call that? I never called that anything. I just did it. I don't know. I've never... I don't know if it has a name. If it does have a name, tell us. I mean, it kind of reminds me of that move. It's just like the ultimate disrespect because it's not like a kick in the crotch for desperation. He's giving you the full uppercut. Like these are becoming moments. I don't know how he's pulling it off, but I think this week, Adam, he was actually better than all the other weeks combined. I mean, Shinsuke is when he's laying on the ground getting in AJ's face. This is perfection. Like this is perfect. We just gave you 20 minutes of crapping on GRR and backlash uh, booking. Let me stop right now and just rev up. And tell you that Nakamura is amazing and somehow getting better every single week. I don't even care that Samoa Joe suddenly thinks he's in this feud anymore because I love this guy. Let's not forget, though. So the, the booking decided to make him a heel, turn him heel, right? But this is Nakamura. This praise is on Nakamura. He's getting himself over as a heel. He's doing a really good job. The presentation, if you like the song, cool. Okay. And and, and some of the way the, the changes in the Tron and some of that stuff, that's better. You know, if, if you like the song, that's cool. But he's the one doing the work in the ring. This isn't WWE. Where WWE is failing with Big Cass by scripting terrible you promos. Can't, look at you. Enjoy Knock. Him, you can't enjoy Knock because you're putting WWE down. No, enjoy no, Knock. No, no. Pop for where, where, him. Where they are failing with Cass by scripting his promos and having him do all this stuff that's terrible and repetitive. And we've seen it before. They're succeeding with Nakamura, letting him do what comes natural to him. That's why it's working. I'm going to say two more things real quick about SmackDown. One, the reason I think you like it better is the roster is geared towards Smarks. We have AJ Styles, we have Shinsuke Nakamura, we have Daniel Bryan, we have Samoa Joe. Even Becky Lynch is on there and Asuka, right? So the people that we as quote-unquote Smarks are, are, have taught ourselves to like and root for are on that brand, on that show. That's why we like it so much. That's fine. If AJ Styles does not, is not wearing a cup at Backlash... <laughs> then it's the wor worst booking of all time because you can't have someone hit you in the nuts seven weeks in a row or, or seven shows in a row and not realize, oh, maybe I should wear a cup. Uh, Hogan, I think AJ needs a pep talk from Hogan at this point. to bring I think, out Brett, the, I think Bret Hart did that, right? To bring out the wild side in him. And putting everything else aside, I'm looking at you and I'm looking at a different AJ Styles. And I'm praying to God that you're not going down that path. Because the man that we need is the man that I'm looking at. 
Yeah, I don't even know what that promo means, but you, there's some gold on, on the TNA archives on YouTube, just some random awkwardness of current guys today. But uh, no, I, we got to see AJ, which we saw at the GRR to a certain degree, snap. And I think they're setting that up, and it's going to be great. I'm actually a little bit pumped about this, uh, you know, what is it, a no disqualification, no rules match? I mean, hey, let, let's have a kick to the John match. I mean, that's fantastic. This is also a good opportunity for WWE to put SmackDown over and allow this to main event a damn pay-per-view. We do not need Roman Reigns, Samoa Joe in the main event of Battle. No, no, there's no title. This, yeah, this matters. There's a championship at stake. Uh, look, SmackDown's still the A show for all the reasons we said. I thought the women overall were stuck in neutral. I get they were propping up and in, in, in making Charlotte versus Carmella look good, but I think there's too many factors going on. There's too much, you know, just, hey, we got one spot in this two-hour show. Let's microwave all the women into the same spot. I didn't necessarily They didn't, love they it, didn't but... do that, though. They had the backstage segment. They had... Two backstage segments. I thought it was the. I'm, just, thought, I'm really thought, done with. I, six I really matches. believe the women's booking in the last two weeks has been great. I'm exceptional. But, I, you know, and I don't want to argue against you making a positive claim. I'm just saying I'm done with the six man matches overall. Like when that raw segment opens, opening segment and it's Reigns and suddenly like Lashley and Strowman are involved and why the heck is Braun Strowman helping out Roman Reigns and then suddenly it's like oh we're obviously gonna have a six man touch. It's lazy and I'm done with that. And maybe that it's was been, part of that. It's been it's been four shows in a row where. There has been a conflict between people. Other people have gotten involved, and there's been a five, or sorry, a 10-man or 10-woman or six-man or six-woman match. It's happened four shows in a row. It's okay to happen occasionally. It can't happen every week, every show, twice a week. It just can't. Maybe I just love, see, I'm a Nitro guy as opposed to Raw, so I like talking segments. I like loose segments, and you know what I got this week? Maybe it wasn't the greatest episode of SmackDown. In fact, it was, like I said, it was D-plus creative for the week overall. But I got a Miz TV segment to start that I liked. I got AJ on the microphone with Samoa Joe and Knock coming in and doing awesome stuff behind him. And I got uh, Big Cass doing stuff on the mic that entertained me, even if he's not great. So maybe that's just geared to who I am as a fan. I like personalities. I like the way it's flowing right now on SmackDown Live. I don't want to hear anybody, even Road Dog, saying he's going to Harry carry the show. I'm going to go back in here and kill SmackDown. No, don't don't I, touch I, it. I SmackDown clar- is I wa- working. I want to I clarify something, because I think you've taken it in a little different direction. I don't disagree that SmackDown has been overall better the last two weeks. Then that doesn't make it's, it's but the that A show. That's what it, you just described it. That's the A show right there. No, it's not. To be an A show, it's a sustained excellence. And right now there's nothing excellent and being slightly better than something else doesn't make you the A show. That's how that, that I want to clarify that. I I I it's a fine comeback, but I guess I guess I still believe that it does fulfill the role of A show meaning for the majority of wrestling fans who are hardcore or at least clo- you know, if closer to the middle but not casual, I think it's starting to get to the point where you'd rather see what's going on for Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles, the two biggest names on, on SmackDown, than you're as interested necessarily in what's going on with Roman Reigns or Seth Rollins. Or, you well, know, absolutely. I mean, obviously but no, got- no, but that's totally true, but that's what I talked about. They have the smart wrestlers on that show, whereas Roman Reigns is your leader on Raw. It's gotten stale. Braun Strowman is up there. That's gotten stale because they refuse to really do anything with him. You're, you're, um, you're, you're, my, you're paving my road in front of me of why it's but the But again, A-show. that I doesn't agree. make it, it. It's not going to be the A show until there's a sustained level of excellence over a couple oh, here we go. months. Here we go. Okay. And, and they actually do things that say, you know what? Week to week, week in, week out, this is the better show. Right now, that's not the case. It's marginally better. And it's been two weeks and making any declarative statements are ridiculous. Wow. It makes no sense. Ridic- it doesn't fit. If it doesn't fit, 
You must have uh, quit. Yeah, wow, wow. All right, anyway, we got through the main event. A lot of talk, a lot of negative this week. Barely. We, we got to put it out there. We got to be honest. We got to bring it to the people. I want compelling content that keeps me there. I'm going to always dig through and find the good and cling to it. And I clung to Big Cass this week, baby, because you know what he says a lot is true. Size does matter. And maybe there's part of me that's Vince McMahon, like at my core from the 80s. I like big guys succeeding. I like what he's doing. I like you- Drew McIntyre. Let's keep it going, Vince. This is the only area, by the way, that Vince and I connect with. I'm usually on a Triple H guy to the core. But, Vince, I do like big guys, too. You cling to Big Cass. I'll cling to the women. BC, let's move on to Hero or Zero. So semi-breaking news coming into the In This Corner politics desk. Kane, Glenn Jacobs, is the presumptive winner of the Knox County Republican primary for the mayoral seat in that county in Tennessee. So, I mean, I guess here we're zero on it. <laughs> look, look, let me put it this way, okay? I'll, I'll give some background. Kane got like, I think, 15,000 votes. The top Democrat got like 1.5 thousand, so... 1,500 is a better way of saying that. I don't know why I said 1.5,000. So Kane, if he wins the Republican primary, is going to be the mayor of Knox County, Tennessee. BC, hero zero. That's got to be the best news we've heard in a long time. And of course, this is a hero. The only zero in this is that you and I both got fooled for a second thinking this was the actual election. And I had like this celebration moment that I'm like, oh, then like, oh, wait, no, this is actually the Republican primary. And he's we're like at the final four. We're not even at the championship game yet. Obviously, it's a big step forward in him becoming mayor. Why do I want him mayor? Because I want him off my TV screen. And that's a little bit harsh because I respect what Kane has done historically. But Vince McMahon has done a 2015 Royal Rumble Roman Reigns job on Kane in 2017 and 18. It's weird. It's like, I don't really hate Kane. I never have. I like Kane. I even like corporate Kane at times, like in 2015, opposite Seth Rollins. I didn't really hate that. But it's given us a really bad taste by forcing it down our throat. And I think it's ultimately... I'm never going to forgive him going over Finn Balor so unnecessarily. I'm never going to forgive. Hashtag never forget. Kane women winning is a hero because I want Kane for nostalgia purposes. I don't want Kane every week. So how happy is Adam right now? I'd say incredibly. How happy am I? Ecstatic. How happy is Katie Fick? Probably not that happy, but hey, this is this is good stuff. Yeah, she's probably pretty happy, I guess, if this development went down. Uh, yeah, you said it, Hero. I'm not going to necessarily repeat every point that you said, but it was really – I never hated Kane, just like you. I like Kane. He'll face almost every incarnation of him, except when they shoved him down our throat in 2017 completely unnecessarily and had him bury Finn Balor live on Raw clean in the middle of the ring. By the it way, didn't make was, any sense. Good for him. But don't put it on me. I was not fooled. I knew this was the primary. So yeah. don't, don't give me that. Uh, by the way, he was in the main event of a pay-per-view in 2018 for the Universal Championship. Hashtag never forget. Adam Hero or Zero, number two. We are one month in or so to the return of Bobby Lashley to Raw and the debut of the Authors of Pain on Raw after making the transition from NXT. Hero or Zero on the presentation of these two new items to the red brand. Just remembering now, we didn't even see Ember Moon this week. Um, it's as big of a zero as there can be. If this is the situation that you're in with Bobby Lashley, where you debut him and have him do absolutely nothing except wrestle tag team matches with Braun Strowman, 
what are you doing with this guy? From what I understand, because I certainly didn't watch Impact, he was a great heel on Impact, okay? So if that's the case, you need to turn this guy at Backlash. Otherwise, you're doing absolutely nothing positive with him. H- how he came back to such an ovation and to such a claim and you just shove him into this stupid feud and this stupid tag team match at Backlash doesn't make any sense. And Authors of Pain, they really had something going for them in NXT. People really liked them. They are going the way of the Ascension, which is a massive fail for WWE because these guys cannot cut a promo. That was the, I told you the big cast was the second worst promo of the week. This was the worst promo of the week and one of the worst in 2018 in WWE, maybe the last two years. The fact that they took away Paul Ellering, who has since said that he didn't mind traveling and that that was a BS rumor, is unforgivable. He is the reason they worked as a team. He's the reason they got over in NXT. They're great in the ring. They Their look is fantastic. There is no reason for them to be failing on the main roster. This is a fail. Shame on them. 0.0. Market zero. Market zero! Uh, I, I can have to almost guess here that Paul not being there is a Vince decision, knowing things. Vince doesn't want old people out there, right? He doesn't want JR behind the booth. I think Vince looks at Paul as a you know old-school WCW guy, although obviously he was with the Road Warriors on certain incarnations in the WWE, and I'm sure it was more of a Triple H thing that enjoyed putting them together, and I think it worked for AOP. I didn't like the promo this week because I was almost like, are you going in the direction, speaking like a, a gender Muhammad Hassan type direction by, you know, uh, speaking a different language in a heel fashion. And what was that catchphrase they had? It's the cre- creation. Of Who something. cares? It was terrible. Yeah, it was terrible. It was. Yeah, that was really bad. I'm more mad, though, about Lashley because he was really good in TNA. And in the meantime, he's become an MMA fighter with a pretty good record. Like he hasn't fought, you know, like legit guys, but he was in Bellator. There's some things you could do with him. I would much rather like anybody else that they would have saved him for something big like a Lesnar opportunity and did, you know, vignettes to get you excited for two months that he was coming back and then actually brought him back than doing exactly what you mentioned. It's really giving him a mid-card stamp right away because pairing him with Braun doesn't fix it. It's giving him a mid-card stamp right away, and it's disappointing. He's not getting any younger. He's like 42. It's an incredible shape. I know they're putting over on the air, which is at least good to hear his background in the army and all that, but you could do something with him. It's going to be for a short period. He's going to have to be an attraction for a short period, but you give him a little Brock-type handling, get a couple good, fun, you know, feuds out of him, and then let him go down to the mid-card level. Don't start that way. Certainly, that was a zero. Uh, There's a debate going on. I know you're part of it, though. Just a quick little segue here about that if you're going to debut him, you might as well have done it against Braun at Mania to win the belts there. I believe that with you're Braun. on that with, side of with it. Braun. Yeah, with Braun. basically my, my point, I wrote it on Twitter, I think I put it on our account, was, yes, Braun didn't need a tag team partner, right? The whole point was he can beat them by himself. And still, as I've said from the beginning, I would have much rather him just gone two-on-one, win the titles, and held the titles, and then get beat by two guys. That's not a bad loss. Yeah. Eventually losing to two dudes, whether it's AOP, whether it's whoever, okay? I, none of that would have bothered me. I'm but. Not- yeah, go ahead. But I would have him say, like, I don't need a partner. And then Kurt Angle comes out and says, well, I got you one anyway, because you have to have one. And Lashley debuts, and the crowd goes wild yeah. at WrestleMania. Instead, of we get the Nicholas thing that's stupid. They have to vacate the titles. And then you have Lashley debut on Raw. Was it Elias that he beat? Okay. By the way, Lashley, dude, it's been four weeks since he's been back. Hasn't spoken. 
And why would you put him over Elias when Elias was really hot? That didn't really make a lot of sense. So I just wanted to clear up some things to your point there. Yes, it would have been a Matt Hardy-type comeback moment because no one knew for sure if he was coming, but we thought it would have been a good pop there. Not on the level of the Hardys, but it would have been a good pop moment at Mania for him to come back. I do get, though, why they didn't, and I still respect and stand by the Nicholas thing. Wouldn't be my choice in booking, but you have to understand what it represented. It was the biggest rub you could give Braun without giving him a, a, t- a major title shot because you gave him the ultimate babyface rub by giving him a real WrestleMania moment on par with like John Cena proposing like on that. And I get every year they sort of try to have one of those. So using Braun in that spot actually is a great compliment. It props him up completely and says he's a man of the people. He's picking kids out of the crowd. So I'm okay with that. But overall after that, you know what, you know, it's a better push for Braun having him beat a long reigning tag team uh, champions solo and carrying the title for four months. Yeah, but they don't want it on him, so... Why not? Then he has to lose, so... I, is it look, better now? Is it in a better spot right now on Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt? I mean, I like it. Yeah, I like it them. is in a better spot. That, that's that's perfectly okay. fine. I don't like how we got there doing a match against a team that's going to SmackDown it, but uh, anyway, we got to keep going. Keep going. <laughs> All right, BC, third here on Hero or Zero. Uh, NXT, hey, we're talking to NXT. This is great. Tommaso Ciampa attacked Johnny Gargano before his NXT title main event match with Aleister Black on last week's show. We always tape this, as you guys know, unfortunately on Wednesday, so we miss the current week's NXT. What did you think of it? them continuing this feud, Hero Zero. It's just, it's a tentative hero, like a lot of people, because you felt like there was some real closure in that unsanctioned match they just had. It was epic. Gargano seemed like, for once and for all, submitted his former friend turned bitter enemy. And the fact that they went to the stipulation of Gargano losing his job and then having to wrestle to win it back... It's really hard to spin off from that. Now, it's also really hard to call us a zero because the attack was great. Gargano sold the heck out of the injuries of afterwards, and they really stretched out the length of putting him on the stretcher and carrying him out and having Candice LeRae, his wife, there. That was all really good. But for this to really work, and and look, obviously, you put him in any match, Adam, the next NXT TakeOver, it's going to work, right? Because they're great together. But I feel like the only thing that would trump and escalate this to a new level is to have it be a title match. So I almost need Tommaso Ciampa to somehow lie, cheat, and steal his way into a title match with Aleister Black before then, win the title, which, I, by the way, I thought in real time that was what's going to happen on last week's NXT episode because Black suddenly didn't have a match. He ended up wrestling Eric Young for the title and winning. But I thought that was going to be that scenario because the ultimate pop moment that you still can have for Johnny Gargano is when he finally climbs the mountain and wins the title. Wouldn't it be amazing to do that against his bitter rival? The fact is, he's already had a big pop from coming back and giving comeuppance to his bitter rival. Now they went back to the well again with the same sort of, I'm going to run in and beat you down out of nowhere. It's too good of a factor all around to be a zero. But I certainly am a little like, all right, you got some work to do to really make this work in the long run. Yeah, I, you're right. I, if, I, if this was a main roster situation, I'd probably default to zero because it's repetitive and... and it doesn't necessarily make sense. That was the blow-off, right? We had the epic five-star main event match, right? They put it in the main event. It wasn't even the second-to-last match, the penultimate match. So they told us that's how important this is. But since it's NXT, and since they're telling the storyline, and since I trust them to get it right in the end, I will give them a hero because, look, in the end, man, it's Gargano and Ciampa working together. And really, in WWE, there's very few combinations that you could say are necessarily better than that. What you would really want to have had happened was Gorgana beat Ciampa. Ciampa leaves, whether he goes 205 Live or the main roster somewhere. That, that's kind of what you want. 
I think that's what needs to happen now. They're able to extend the feud, get another two months if they do it at Money in the Bank in Chicago, which I think is, like you said, where that feud really started, where, where he turned on him, or even four months if they really wanted to extend it up to SummerSlam in Brooklyn. But I think you can have a Loser Leaves NXT match in a Hell in a Cell or something really cool I in Chicago. I want a regular match, though. We already had the, the sort of weapons, no rules match. That's why I want a title involved, because I want a real match to see what they can do in the traditional I just don't think, I don't think there's a way to get there with Aleister Black having the title and some other feuds on his plate. I don't necessarily see how they get there. Maybe it could be a triple threat. I, I don't know, but I'm okay with having a loser leaves town stipulation type of match. In Chicago, you have Gargano win again. Ciampa goes to 205 Live, goes somewhere else, and then Gargano begins his title push against Black, Maybe they mean in SummerSlam, you know, at TakeOver Brooklyn. So I think that's the tra trajectory they have going. So for me, it, it, it just, it works. All right, Hero Zero, number four on SmackDown Live. Lana teased a return to Rusev's side as potentially his valet again and also sort of nudged her husband that the departure of Aiden English might be in order. We don't know exactly where it's going. We've got a pretty good feel here. Hero Zero to the new development. This is a massive hero. Look, Lana either completely dropping or like 75% dropping the accent and getting more real as Rusev's wife, not just his manager and valet, is good. Whenever there's realism in the WWE product, we like it. Lana, even though I know you like her suited in, in, the, in the tight red suit, it looks great. Get the zipper sound effect ready for me. There it is. Um, she looked even better in the Rusev Day t-shirt, all rolled up, looked great. Um, I like the idea of some conflict between her and Aiden English. I like even better the idea of it starts out as a conflict and it ends up working out and they're all a group together, the Rusev Day group. I think there's only positives to draw from this massive hero for me. Interesting. Um, I, I'm a little bit skeptical because he's so over and almost repackaged because of the organic com comedy that seemed to come out and the idea that, that Rusev Day caught. And English has played a good role in that. So I don't necessarily want to see him go. But even if the writing off of him is entertaining, it could be fun. I just wonder, does this development mean he's going to ultimately go babyface? Because Rusev or English? Rusev, especially if Lana is not playing the ravishing Russian role. If she's playing Well, you would think any woman who comes between a man and his best friend, that would be heel. And Rusev turning on English would be heel. And if WWE is trying to end Rusev Day, which you would say why but if they are then it would make sense they do that that would obviously be a zero for me but if the end result is getting lana and rusev back together that's what we want we I want mean, yeah, i want uh, lana on my tv believe me there's I, like, we, she never should have left his side I, i'm interested i'm interested to see where it's going it's, i mean bc a feud we probably want on smackdown is andrade cian almas and zelina vega with rusev and lana in some type of mixed match situation so this is the right direction as much as english is is doing a really good job and deserves a push of his own or something, some yeah, well, commendation you, for what he's doing. You just proved but, my point, though, on the idea that I wonder if this is going babyface, especially if it would feud with a, a pure heel like Almas. If In that regard, I think I'm going to like it, especially if Lana tries to be more of a Miss Elizabeth for once, you know, and tries to go in that direction. Rusev got himself over so organically that it is exciting. I want to see where it goes. I, I think there's a way that she can try to split them up and end up bringing them all together in the long run. That's a big face push, and I think it would work really well. And we know, you agree, Lana with the women wrestling and trying to manage Tamina, like it just didn't work. It, it could it, have. It, I don't know why I have a soft spot have. for Tamina. I wanted to see where it was going to go. They just, it was like Emmalina. It was like we just didn't go anywhere. So, it, yeah, it was just a failure. All right. Let's wrap up Hero Zero BC. 
Dave Bautista, Bautista, I guess is technically the right way to say his last name, revealed in multiple interviews recently that WWE failed to return his calls after being in conversations with him about appearing at WrestleMania 34. The, the caveat here, I'll tell a little bit more of the story. Batista basically told WWE, I want to return at WrestleMania 34 in the mixed match mat, uh, in the mixed match with Ronda Rousey going against Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. And what he wanted that to be was the beginning of a year-long feud that would culminate in Batista Triple H at WrestleMania 35. It seems to get lost in translation a little bit that those were almost his terms and that he was willing to work house shows and willing to do a lot of other things with WWE. But ultimately, that WrestleMania 35 match is what he wanted. Okay. Knowing all of that. Yeah, he just took all the words out of it. He took all well, the no, analysis and information out of I wanted to explain it, though, for everyone so they knew what, what was happening. Here were zero BC to Batista returning under those conditions in WWE not calling him back. Yeah, uh, it, it's, it's, if this is true the way we only, we're only hearing one side of the story, it's certainly a zero if this is the way they're handling this. And, and there's the added part that Batista has become this giant movie star. Like, he's not exactly The Rock or even Cena yet, but he's moving product. I mean, he's getting into some categories that we never thought he would by playing these side roles in these big action films. You don't want to really treat someone like that when you could really utilize them and bring them back and have crossover promotion and really benefit from that. Why would you want to anger him? But I was going to go down that road. Like you mentioned, you do get the, the feeling that his, no, he is not, he's been a little bit salty in the past year when he talks about WWE, because he doesn't like the way he was handled last time and the way that they booked him, which is fair. It's certainly fair. And at the same time, I almost to a certain degree want to stand by WWE. If someone's saying, Look, I want a year long build. Look, he doesn't belong in that Rousey match. And if he, somebody wants a year long build to Triple H, that's not really a direction they would want to go. Triple H is still doing major things. He had feuds with Rollins and Reigns the previous two years of Mania. He's still doing really big things. He's not just doing old celebrity type of, you know, uh, sting type matches. So I think ultimately. Zero on the handling, if that's true, but a kind of a hero on like, look, Dave, you want to come back for one match or one angle? That's fine. I like the idea that you're saying you want to do house shows, which doesn't really make a lot of sense, but that's fine. He's saying, well, what are, what are you trying to say? Know is, your value. I want to be part of the company. Right. He's, you just you, know. you also have to know your value, though, and I don't think they value him high enough where he's going to have like a Goldberg type return. And look, he wants a Goldberg type return and Blue Tista, you're just not going to get it. Yeah, I mean, he's not Goldberg. That's the truth. Um. I think there's some. I, I think the crowd reaction the last time that they threw him in there. You have to remember, man. The crowd reacted negatively to Reigns because they chose him over Daniel Bryan. They reacted negatively to Batista because they chose him to win the Royal Rumble. I think over Daniel Bryan. So that's their problem. If they bring in Batista now, he gets over as all hell. Not only is he a loved character. Okay, people like him plenty. Fine, he's really good in the ring. Okay. But he's, in, in terms of Hollywood, yeah, he's not a megastar by any means. But in my opinion, and this is unbiased, he's the best part of those ga Guardians of the Galaxy movies. His character is incredible. So you would want him there to promote Avengers Affinity, Infinity War or, or any Marvel product. You want him around your product. And for WWE, if it is true to treat him that way and simply stop calling him after being in conversations, that's a zero. That said, Kurt Angle was by far the best choice besides The Rock to be Ronda Rousey's tag team partner. It made storyline sense. That's one thing they actually wove back together and was really good. And ultimately, it worked out for the better because you're right, BC. 
I don't want to see Batista Triple H at WrestleMania 35. No, and, and you mentioned he, he won the uh, 2014 Rumble over Daniel Bryan. They didn't even let Daniel Bryan in that Rumble. So there you, you go. talk about these these poor decisions on the handling of Daniel Bryan that have caused other people heartache, including Roman Reigns. So, hey, Vinnie Mac, let's get it right this time around. But, uh, Adam, we got to get into Sunday's Backlash preview. Running a little bit low on time, so let's go lightning around here on our expectations and picks. Where do you want to start off here? Uh, start from the bottom. And then we get there. Uh, I'd say Braun Strowman and Lashley against Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn really coming off of Monday Night Raw. They just booked, they had the six man match, and now it's a tag team match for revenge, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, a lot of star power in here, so it's hard to be a, a big hater against it, even though I don't necessarily understand the Braun and Lashley pairing. I don't really care who wins, but, uh, you know, if they can get a story out of here that we can care about, I think that would ultimately be the goal. And it goes back to our original conversation when is Braun going to exit this? and get to the universal title level where they, I'm sorry, they've got him to a point where it's that or nothing at this point. You know, winning the GRR, you press pause for a while. Nicholas pressed pause for a while. Now we got to do something with this guy. He's there. He's ready. Let's do it. Let's let's let the faces win unless we got a longer story to tell. Yeah, I agree. And if you believe reports that the Lashley-Lesnar thing that was rumored to happen, you know, coming out of the Reigns win, which was expected, if that's now off the table, I think Lashley-Braun Strowman makes a hell of a lot of sense. So. I think this is a match where you have these two bulls, you know, it seems like they're friends, but they end up butting heads in some way, whether it's whoever finishes the match or they run into each other or some, or Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn outsmart them. And then you have Braun take out Lashley or vice versa. And the heels get the win. I think that's the only way you book this match. If the faces go over in this match, it's honestly just worthless. Like it just, it's a waste of time for me. Well, uh, we'll off- see. We'll, we'll see what kind of story they develop there. All right. On that note, let's move on uh, to the second Sorry, two the second of three non-title matches on this card, which is Daniel Bryan going head-to-head with Big Cass, which we're expecting, at least I am, is the blow-off to the feud that tied us over uh, between Daniel Bryan and The Miz. Yeah, I, I don't know for sure, though. I don't really know what the next few months are going to bring, so I don't know if it's necessarily. I could also see a Big Cass, you know, cheat-to-win type situation here and really try to extend this, but... I'm looking forward to it. I like when they have cross paths in the ring, what that looked like, putting the submission on Big Cass. I want to see where this goes. I have big expectations here. Big Cass is a little bit better than the ring than I think we give him credit for. Do you remember when he was elevated into that fatal four-way to potentially win the championship? I'm trying to guess, right? Was that when Triple H handed the title to Kevin Owens in that fatal four-way and and put the pedigree on both Reigns and Rollins. Was that the same night? There was one major match. If it was, that was the summer of 2016, right? I mean, there was that one major match where Cass was inserted into a fatal four-way for a title shot. That was for a title shot. The match you're talking about was for the title. Yeah, I got my uh, I got my my math here a little bit screwed up. But, but I know what you're talking about. The, the short period of time where Enzo got, got concussed or hurt his neck or whatever it was, taking that rope to the chin... Uh, I don't even remember what who that match was against. That short period of time, like the four weeks fo- that followed, where Big Cass was a solo performer, he looked really good, and they put him over strong. They allowed him to actually get singles wins and look great in singles and, and maybe fail four-way type matches. I don't remember that match in particular. Yeah, I'm referencing, I was right, I'm referencing the week after SummerSlam 2016 when Finn Balor lost the title due to injury. It was vacant. They put in a fatal four-way. That was when Triple H came in and gave the title to Kevin Owens. Big Cass was a part of that. And my point of this conversation is... Oh, interesting. They booked him strong in that match, and I think he overachieved. I think he's better in the ring than we give him credit for. 
I, I didn't end up, I didn't expect to be in the show be this big cast backer because look he's got really bad hair. I don't love the guy. I just like what he's doing. I like where this feud can go. You know what? Give me a big cast victory. Let's let this go a couple more weeks. Bad hair, bad look, bad on the mic, no improvement. Daniel Bryan wins. Just put the guy over. Let him get into something important with Nakamura or with Joe or with literally anyone else on this roster. I like that they use Big Cass as the buffer. Okay, that worked really well. But if you're going to do the feud with Miz or Nakamura or one of these guys, let's get it going. We only have a couple months until SummerSlam, and we need some juice here. And I really hope they go with the Miz. BC United States Championship, Jeff Hardy against Randy Orton, face versus face, despite Orton obviously RKOing uh, Jeff Hardy on the go-home show, just like he does to, ev- to his opponent on every single go-home show ever, uh, do you think we see a title change in this match? Uh, could be, but it, it wouldn't make a lot of sense since Orton just won the Grand Slam in the U.S. title for the first time ahead of WrestleMania. So uh, this is the match I probably care about the least, even though I like this version of solo Jeff Hardy right now. He's won me back over. I'm into it. You know, we've had some difficult conversations about Randy in the past, and this is where we're at with him. Legend, can't say a negative thing about his career. We love him. But it's at the point where he's got to be in there with an A-side that we really care about, that can really carry a match in the microphone to get us to really care about him. I cared about the build to the Brock Lesnar feud. I would care about a feud with AJ if Orton was the heel and was acting despicable and they built it up the right way. Outside of that, I don't see a lot of feuds that I would really care about. Like Roman Reigns and Randy Orton, of course. I hope we get to that one day. Anything short of that mid-level Randy Orton... He's at this point of his career, it's just not going to work. I don't. I don't think we see a title change simply because I think Shelton Benjamin gets involved or someone like that, and and it, you know it gets it gets uh you know pulled on another couple weeks or another uh, pay per view. Um, but you're right about Randy Orton in that, yeah, he's not the A side. He needs an A side. What's weird about Orton is this: he is so effing over. We saw it at WrestleMania. You saw it at the Greatest Royal Rumble. Fans. Love him, and for good reason, dude, because he's good in the ring. He has an amazing finisher, and his character's great. It's just the Viper character and what they do with Orton's great. Here's the problem. He debuted like the same time as John Cena. And while John Cena's out doing movies and only making a couple appearances a year for a month or two at a time, Orton is there every single week, and they're literally running out of things to do with him. Well, he's taking a part-time him. schedule. It's, it's, been, uh, it's been a little bit under the radar, but he's working a lot less. He's basically only doing He's not days. working the same dates as Seth Rollins, but he's there frequently. Well, he's, this year he purposely took on a, a, shorter, a smaller schedule. Not, like, not Brock Lesnar part-time, but some middle ground in between. He's trying Dude, to do I, less. I honestly can't remember a SmackDown pay-per-view last year that he was not on. Right. He's doing the, he's doing the, the, the big show. He's doing okay, the so that, so, okay, so that's what I'm saying. What I'm saying is he's there. He's a regular. John Cena is a semi-regular now. Orton, they need a storyline for at all times. Even if he's not there every week, they need a storyline for him every week, okay? And they're, they're running out. Even with all the new people on SmackDown, they're running out of things for him to do. I don't know where they go with him anymore, but he sells tickets. He sells merch. The fans love him. They got to figure out something to do with him. I don't think winning the title. By the way, that's why the first half of that Bray feud was so good when he joined sides with him because it was something fresh and new. And, and having been there in San Antonio at the 2017 Rumble, I still can't believe how big the crowd popped when he won because none of us were popping too much because it was sort of a blah finish after a pretty good Rumble, you know. But man, did that crowd pop for him winning. The second half of the feud was good too, except they just made the wrong decision at Mania and then continued uh, ruining it at Payback last year. Good, really, really good. The House of Horrors, come on, don't don't go. No, down no, no. There. Well, no, no that, that's what I'm saying. It, the feud was fine with Luke Harper was involved. Everything was good, and they had the weird match at Mania, and then they had the House of Horrors match. But after he turned post turn, 
the storyline was still really good leading into WrestleMania. It was still entertaining and good. All right, I consider that the first time. You're making a face. Okay, we'll move on. Uh, Intercontinental Championship. We have Seth Rollins, who I'm going to make a statement about in a minute, by the way. Oh, wow, another, uh, pre- th- another prepared statement here on this podcast. No, not a, pre- not a prepared statement, just something that's been rattling around in my brain. Going up against The Miz, if he lost the title, it would change brands. What do you think happens here? Do you see a title change? It's interesting, because then you would think the U.S. title has to go back to Raw, but we have two SmackDown guys in that match, so that doesn't make a lot of sense. I really don't think we're going in the direction of The Miz winning this and or bringing it. I really think the feud to make, and we said it earlier, is Rollins-Balor. So if Balor is going to play a role, and let's not forget, Balor did turn on Rollins, was that last week's episode, right? After they both, after the Miz Taraj won, this week's episode, I'm sorry, after the Miz Taraj once again ran out and tried to do the t-shirt thing, they both got sent to hell, and then Balor turned on him to set up their match, which was awesome last week. Balor's going to play a role in here. I, I would kind of like, not a full heel turn Balor, but I would kind of like an edgier baby Balor. And if that brings back the demon, look, it's not going to make me pop, but maybe it'll make a lot of other people pop. We got to have a money Seth feud against Balor. When the Miz does cash in and equal Jer- Jericho's record, I want Jericho to be involved. So I think we delay on that. I think we pause on that. I think they're just teasing that. They're mentioning it a lot to put it out there. We're not going to get it, though. We're going to have Rollins win like he should. And give me that Balor feud, brother. Yeah, we need a Rollins-Balor feud that's at a pay-per-view and not in a you know four-man or triple threat match, I guess is what it was, at WrestleMania. They have to have some type of blow-off here, whether it's a title change or not. I don't know, but it's Finn and Seth are way too good together for this to be the end of it and for the title to change brands. It doesn't make any sense. I What I would really like to see happen is the Miz Taraj get involved and the Miz like almost lobby for them to go to SmackDown because basically they're water... I, I've enjoyed them, by the way, immensely the last two weeks, but after this, they're going to be pretty rudderless without a leader or without some type of gimmick. They can't keep using his music. They can't keep being called the Miz Taraj. So either they need to go to SmackDown in some trade or some situation, or this has to be the end for the Misrage and they figure out something else to do with them. Yeah, it's called the social outcast. That's what it's called. <laughs> Ultimately, though, here's what I, here's the statement I wanted to make on Seth Rollins. And I've, I've thought about this for a while, but coming out of Raw on Monday night, it solidified it for me. Seth Rollins is the best wrestler in the world. And I've been oh, okay no, with people the, calling... The, the, no, no, stop, stop. The best wrestler okay. in the world? The world. Been, the world. I have been okay with people giving that title to Kenny Omega. The world, the world. I have been okay. Face to face, the world. I mean, maybe I can finish talking. Well, the world, go ahead, the world. I am okay, and I have been okay for a long time with people giving that title to Kenny Omega, deservingly so. Guy's amazing. His matches are all five stars if you want to, you know, believe in Meltzer's ratings or what we think about them because we usually agree that they're awesome, right? Okada's amazing too. But Seth Rollins is just as good athletically maybe better than those guys and quote unquote saddled with WWE storyline and booking, meaning he's not able to express his character the same way that those guys are able to and show us the depth and show us how far they can go as heels and faces. So to me, knowing what I know about WWE, seeing what I see with Seth Rollins on a night by night basis, and we can just look at the last four weeks for Seth Rollins. If you want me to make my argument, he's the best wrestler in the world. Wow. Um, uh, you know, I certainly uh, agree with parts of that. There's there's potential for him to enter that category. He's certainly underused at the very elite level. We loved him in 2015 for a reason when he was on top, and he's only better now. Not better presented now, but certainly a better overall superstar now. 
But it's too early. I, I think it's fine for me to say SmackDown's the A show before you say that he's the best in the world. So he's he's better than AJ right now? No, he's not. Yes. He's better he than is. Kenny Omega and Kazuchika Okada and Tetsuya Naito? I don't think so. I, I don't. What about, let me ask you this. He's, because I know we're not going to go on it forever. But what about him is not better than AJ? He's as good in the ring. He's better on the mic. And he's shown a greater depth right. of character in My WWE. My point is this. Like, I'm not saying it's a ridiculous statement. I'm not saying he's so far away. Like, if you had made that statement right now, I mean, I guess Finn Balor is a bad correlation. But, look, if you had said it from somebody who's between the mid and the upper card in that area, and I was just like, no, no, get out of here. Certainly, Seth has the pedigree. He's uh, pun not intended. He's got everything you would need to get there. But, no, he's not better than AJ Styles right now. Not week to week. Not, you know, preference. I would rather that statement out of you, Ben, He's on the verge of maybe becoming, if with the right booking, he's going to be there. But I love Monday Night Rollins. I'm not here to say anything negative about him. I'm just saying we you took a little leap there. I don't think I did. I think he's there. The only thing missing is the world title and the main event push, which he's already had. That was only derailed, only derailed due to injury, or he'd still be in that picture. And by the way, Intercontinental title, not a bad quote-unquote second banana when you and I both know the Intercontinental title is the main title on Raw and has been for a year plus now. No, 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 it's not. You could say that about okay. SmackDown with Jinder on top, but when Roman Reigns and Brock are feuding for the big belt. When Brock's, when Brock's made eight appearances on I'm Raw sorry, in when a Brock year, is, I'll take Seth Rollins. Dude, when Brock's feuding with Samoa Joe, that's an incorrect statement. When Brock's feuding with Braun Strowman and Samoa Joe, that belt is still the biggest belt in the WWE. Look, he's at heel Seth Rollins, yeah, but I like him better as a babyface right now than I did a year ago. But babyface Seth Rollins is not the best wrestler in the world, right? He no, that's, that's ridiculous. I'm not talking about his character. I'm talking about him. Well, as face, as it, heel, dude. we've seen what he can that's do in both. That's we've seen what, what he can do fighting big guys and small guys. What's going on with Balor right He's, now is look, as I, close to five-star wrestling. I'm shining him up and giving him due as in the conversation, but he's not the best wrestler in the world. He's not better than Kenny Omega. He's just not. You know, he's not better than AJ Styles. He's just not. I just explained why. He's better than Styles and... On par with Omega. How, why is he? Give, give me, give me twenty more seconds of your time. Why is he better than AJ Styles right now? He's just as good of an in-ring performer, if not better and more athletic no, and he's younger. Not. He's not. And he's better. And he's better on the mic and has shown a greater depth of he's character. Not even better in WWE. Heels Seth Rollins on the mic. Yes, babyface. I'm no. talking about the person and everything he can do, not what he's doing today. Okay, then everything he can do, AJ Styles is better on the mic. AJ Styles is better in the ring. Oh my God, no, he's not better on the mic. There's no, no way. AJ, AJ knows Styles his is role. Not AJ, on the mic. AJ knows what he's doing on the on the mic. He knows his role. He's polished. He's fine. He's, he's fine, but he's not better. I mean, just, this is I, look. I love Seth, so let's not let's not bury this. You right, guys, right. you guys break the tie at in this corner CBS at Silverstein Adam at B Campbell CBS. You don't have to tell me whether you agree or disagree about whether he's the best wrestler in the world. Or no, he, that's the debate. You're that's welcome to. Debate. No, you're welcome to. No, but forget I, the AJ I wanna thing. Know, I want to know if you agree with BC that he's definitely not better than AJ Styles. No, no, forget that. You stood out on the limb. You, you stood on the ledge. You said he's the best wrestler in the world right now. He's not the best wrestler well, I don't, in the world. I, but I'm not expecting people to agree with that, though. That's my opinion. Because it's I'm wrong. Not, that's why. Not wrong. It's not wrong. It's too early. It's too much of a leap. SmackDown is the A show. That's not a major leap. How about how about you team me up with some women's uh, backlash preview matches? Right? I'm not letting you get away with this. This this. I'm, just, I'm not trying to get away from anything. He's not even. He's statement. the IC champion. He's great to watch. We love him. Who cares? What does that matter? Whether someone's the best or not? Because there's a reason why he's the IC champion, and not the the full title right now. You know, I'll tell you the reason. Because Brock Lesnar's had it for 14 months, and they can't figure out what to do with Roman Reigns. That's why. Man, that has Brock, nothing to do with Rollins. Brock Lesnar moves product. That's that's another big. That thing. has nothing to uh, moving product. There's a reason Rollins stayed on Raw and has the IC title. Right, but he's there's he's not 
the player on Raw. He's a player, and he's great, and he's got potential to be the best in the world, but he's, he's not there right now. He's currently positioned as a player on Raw, just like AJ Styles was positioned a year ago as a player on no, SmackDown it, because the world title, the WWE and the Universal title, are being usurped in one case by Jinder Mahal last year, in another case right, by a guy who's never on the freaking show. But even by you saying that? Even AJ was still the face of SmackDown since the day he walked in, and he still is today. He is the, the one, player on SmackDown besides Daniel Bryan. And dude, who's the one that main evented Raw and has been and has the Monday Night Raw shirt right now? He's right. the face of Raw right now. He's he not is. the face of Raw right now. He's not. He's the worker on Raw right now, which is great, and he's doing great. The face of Raw is Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, and Ronda Rousey. Like, that's the face of Raw right now. I love Seth, uh, but come on, you can't make that leap. I, ju- I ju- you know, like you can't do it. All right, Raw, Raw Women's Championship: Nia Jax, Alexa Bliss. Uh, Alexa Bliss had surgery, so that's why we haven't seen her in anything physical. That's why we saw Ronda Rousey chasing her out of the arena. There's been some enhancement done. It looks like she's ready to come back. I like the promotional spots that she's done. The the mock sort of uh, public Moment service of bliss. message, amazing. Um, it's not time for her to win the belt back though. No, Alexa Bliss has spent like 80% of her main, not joking, 80% of her main roster time as a women's champion on SmackDown and Raw. That's absurd. Like as as good as she's been with the title on both brands, you gotta. she has to chase at some point, right? The heel can't always have the title. I like what they did with Nia Jax, giving her the title at WrestleMania. I love the promos. The moment of Bliss promos are fantastic with basically her trying to call Nia a bully, trying to turn it back on her. I think this is one of the best feuds that WWE's built up for the show Maybe the best. You can make that argument. Sorry, not the best. Nakamura Styles. But it's up there. Uh, and I enjoy it immensely. I think Nia keeps the title. It would make no sense to change it. That's the best of the best of the best of the best of the best that this world has to offer. Damn right, Brock. Yeah, I'm fully in, I'm fully in agreement with you. Let's move on. Let's let's keep it going. Sure. Uh, the other SmackDown Women's Championship, Carmella defending Against Charlotte Flair, who's staying in her face role here and in chase for the title, do you think they do a quick change back, or do you think Carmella holds on to this for a little while? You know, I want to say it's too early for Carmella because she's doing really well right now. And the, the cash-in I thought was successful, and I really think she's gotten better week to week. But I do believe in the statement I constantly make that they want her to be the one that breaks Ric Flair and John Cena's record, and they want her to get as many quick changes, which was the secret to flair back in the day, right? Put a guy like Ronnie Garvin over with a quick change and then win the NWA title back. This is going to be, I think another quick change where Charlotte wins it. Maybe she loses it the next night, but I don't know. Like, but I think that's the direction they're going. Yeah. I don't think they're, I don't think they need to change it. I think Mel is doing a really good job on the mic. Uh, she sold this match. I'm ready for it. The main event, like I said on SmackDown, I bought in, they, they sold me on that. I don't see a need to change this title. I think there's no, re- I think there's plenty of reason that flair, can chase until money in the bank um, and maybe win the title back there. And then there's a new money in the bank challenger. And you have to worry about that for a year. Um, yeah. I think, I think she retains probably not clean. Uh, there's no problem getting the iconics involved or something like that. So that, that's how I feel. I, the, the question for me is how are they going to get, if they are indeed going to go Charlotte Flair, Ronda Rousey, WrestleMania 35 main event, how are they going to get there with them on separate brands? I think one of the ways is you need to have Charlotte spend a couple months chasing the title back. And then after she gets it back, you have time to build the feuds. Maybe she turns heel against Becky Lynch, Asuka, some of the, the, one of the iconics. You have plenty of women on that roster now. So I think there's a ways to go. I don't, I don't know that you need to put the title back on her right away. All right, Roman Reigns, Samoa Joe has me perplexed. We got, we are, uh, the tape machines are rolling. We got to get off this broadcast, but I don't know which way they're going. The Samoa Joe revealing that he's going to be feuding with AJ or, or uh, potentially 
who he said he's going to take feud against the winner of uh, of AJ Knock afterwards, right? Yeah, that's, yeah. That was confusing. I don't think Brock Lesnar is going to come back to reignite the Roman Reigns feud. So I don't really know where this is going. I don't. I feel like it's setting us up for a non-finish. But it's it really doesn't make sense. Why the heck would Samoa Joe come out in that AJ Styles segment? Even though I liked his presence, I didn't like what he said. I, this match is not for a title. It's it's really bizarre. It's yeah, it's bizarre. Totally. Um, it would have made a ton of sense if Reigns had won the Universal Title. All right, great. Like I'd be juiced for it. But right now, I can make an argument legitimately, and I'll, I'll do it extremely quick. Reigns needs a win back after losing to, to Lane, uh, Lanes. Lesnar a couple times. He needs a win, right? You got to give him a win at some point. Um, Joe needs a win because you want to boost this guy going into a potential main event feud. And a loss for Reigns or Joe wouldn't necessarily look bad because you're going up against a beast in the other one. So I don't know if I have a prediction. I almost want to predict Samoa Joe winning because I don't, if Vince McMahon is truly going to swerve us with Reigns not winning the title in consecutive quote unquote pay per view events, the other one being the greatest Royal Rumble, I don't see a reason why Reigns needs to win this one. I, I hate to be in a spot as an analyst where I just don't have a pick. I just don't have a pick. I, I'm looking forward to it to a degree. Oh, that's but the best I can do. I, yeah, it's, they've really got us confused, and this is more on them than it is on us being perplexed. So. You know, yeah, I guess the the best scenario in terms of trying to make logic is that Reigns needs a win back. But I think in the end, it's a push. I think we end up with some kind of smudge finish that starts some new feud in some certain direction there. We'll see what happens. The main event, we think WWE Championship, no disqualification, Styles, Nakamura. We teased on it earlier. I was wrong in my greatest Royal Rumble prediction that it was time to put the belt on Nak. I feel like it's time now. I do. And that would tell you that the feud isn't over. So if the feud's not over, we've just had three matches in like a four-week time on pay-per-view, if you count the GRR. I don't really need this to be done because I don't think that they have tried yet in the ring to put on their five-star classic by mixing the styles of both together. I feel like we've seen two matches so far that were beginner, more Nakamura strong style ones. I'm going to go, I'm going to say this is the time Shinsuke wins the belt and then you have AJ's chasing at the next pay-per-view and finally going over. Yeah, my concern is, what do you do with Samoa Joe if that's the case? If AJ retains, what do you do with uh, Nakamura if you're going to have Daniel Bryan feuding with uh, The Miz? I, I don't know the outcome. Usually when we go into these matches, we can say, okay, if AJ wins, this is what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen. If Nakamura wins, this is what's going to happen. So then you make your prediction based on the direction you think WWE is going to go. I don't know which direction they're going to go. What makes this most sense to me, I said it earlier, is have AJ wear a cup. Nakamura goes for it, fails. AJ wins again. And you end the feud with AJ on top, and then you reignite it going into the Royal Rumble or going into WrestleMania next year, okay? So for that reason, I'm going to have Styles retain and then end up losing the title to another heel in Samoa Joe coming up soon. Well, you said that goes along. You, What's up? You said, where does Samoa Joe go? And then it just hit me. I, we got to ask Big Sexy. Because Big Sexy just made tonight a three-way dance. Kind of feel like we're going the triple threat route for the next pay-per-view, right? That would sort of serve all and solve all, all situations. That would give us, it would, that would give us a nice break between the AJ Nakamura solo matches, get Joe infused. If Nakamura does win, then Nakamura retains. Then you get the blow off. Finally, Styles Nakamura either at Money in the Bank or at SummerSlam. That's probably the right direction. But if Samoa Joe is going to get inserted into the match, he needs to beat Roman Reigns to have a reason to get inserted into the match. So I, I'm going to predict the Styles retention, but what you just said is very smart. 
We're going to close by putting our hands in the field spot this week. Thanks to everybody who sent in DMs on these preview shows. We do run long. We can't always get to them. But my field spot this week, I don't try to have a lot. I try to have one each week, but two quick honorable mentions. Tetsuya Naito and Suzuki had a heck of a main event at the NJPW Wrestling Hinokuni pay-per-view on Saturday. Naito wins the IWGP IC belt, and just a great match. Minoru Suzuki doing that. That slower style at this age, but the intensity was there. I mean, if anyone watched the match he had with Tanahashi a couple months ago, I mean, he's doing incredible work at 50. This match was really fun. I also want to do a tip of the cap to the Undisputed Era. Their promo on NXT this week to open with Roddy Strong being a heel was like NWO old school. I love you. This is the best faction in all of WWE. But my number one feel spot this week was Miz TV. SmackDown Live after Jeff Hardy came in and slapped some high fives. I would shake your hand, but you just high fived all these dirty people out in front. So <laughs> I forgot my hand sanitizer. The Miz rules. SmackDown Live is your A show. That was my field spot. <laughs> so I got a couple honorable mentions as well. Uh, Titus O'Neil. I mean, we didn't talk about it, but it's my it's Florida amazing Gator we brother. didn't talk about it, by the way. That was I the know. biggest story coming out of there. <laughs> it really was. Uh, my Florida Gator brother, like, really, really good guy. It's obvious what he does in the community. He took it in stride. You know, he's uh, made the most out of it. Good for him. Like, it was legitimately hysterical. Um, I I really don't want WWE to do a clumsy gimmick with him now for the next two months, like they kind of did with R-Truth, I think, back in the day when he had a a, a mess up. Um, So let's get over that. I hope that was a one-week thing. But Titus, man, thumbs up for you. Uh, The Ruby Riot on uh, Raw in the middle of a match with Sasha Banks dropped a cannonball senton that, to me is a finishing maneuver 10 times better than her riot kick, which is just a kick. It's stupid. That should be her new finisher. That was incredible. I got a, a wow pop for me out of that. My real feel spot this week, SmackDown, that segment backstage between the bar and the new day. I, I'm not all for the comedy angle for the sake of comedy, but Biggie reaching out, grabbing some baby oil and just no. rubbing his breast. No, it was so damn funny. I was that- creeped. <laughs> It was creepy. It was funny. It was a feel spot because it got or anything that's going to get a reaction out of you. That was one of them. Um, I loved it. But BC, before we wrap up this show, give me that uh, sound effect for like a text message or a DM slide here. You know, you're talking about Kentucky long, wrong life. Right? Yeah. We got some breaking news coming in from PW Insider. And, and if you don't want to hear any spoiler, this is an NJPW spoiler. So you can probably end the show here if you don't want it. But He is reporting, Mike Johnson is reporting, that Chris Jericho is expected to appear at this week's Wrestling Dontaka event, Dontanku event, for New Japan Pro Wrestling, that he was indeed shading everybody by basically saying things didn't work out with New Japan, and that he will be continuing with them what he believes in a feud with Naito. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I'm all in. Are you all in, Brian? Oh, yeah. Fired up for this. Look, we need him in the revolution if it's still a thing, and it is. I need him at all in, by the way, as well. So we'll see what happens. Business just picked up. Yes, I'll take that. I'm fired up. So I'm talking about, by the way, I got I did get creeped out from that Biggie segment. I know it was supposed to either make you laugh or get creeped out. I got uncomfortable in that it moment. There. That was way over the line. Hey, anyway, uh, shout out to our loyal listeners there. We appreciate the time. Slide into our DMs. Continue to spread the love with that five-star review on Apple Podcasts for the IT Show. Check out our other offerings and enjoy Backlash this week. Starring the best wrestler in the world, Seth 
Rollins, or is he out of the There it is, team? there it is. Uh, there it is. Uh, hey, you got uh, two words for our, our most loyal listeners here on the way out? I sure do. We out.